0: What follows is message number 5 of 5 of the Fall 2014 College Conference in Latham Springs, Texas. Conference title is, A Vision of Christ in the Church. Message title is, The Church as the Body of Christ. Hey, can we sing that first verse again on Hymn 25? I'm walking down the road. Just that verse, one more time. Amen. Ready? Ready? The road that leads to glory, I'm pressing toward the mark by enjoying God, don't know much, just to love him, I'm walking down the road, glory here I come, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Isn't it marvelous? We don't know so much, but we're here enjoying Christ, yeah. loving Christ. Yeah. You know, uh, just to mention, uh, you all can hear me? Is it, okay. is it too loud? or? Um, it is marvelous how in the past uh, days we have seen God's provision for us to take the land. Right? We saw the word. Hallelujah for the word. We saw the blood. We don't want to know just know about the blood. We want to apply it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then we saw the spirit. Yes. Marvelous. The spirit of reality. Yes. Right? Who is in you? Christ. Yes. Colossians 1.27. Yes. Christ in you, the glory. Yes. The hope of glory. Yes. What is the other verse? Gal- Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Hallelujah, it's no longer us. It is Christ who lives in me. And then 2 Corinthians 13, 5, test yourself. Whether you're in a faith or, or what's the main phrase, or do you not realize about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? And then uh, what's the other one? Romans 8, 10, Christ in you. Though our body is dead because of sin, praise the Lord, Christ is inside of us. There's reality in our spirit. You know, all these things, I, I've heard these things for, I don't know, I'm getting old now, 43 years old. I've heard it for more than 20 years or so. But you know what? It never gets troublesome. It never gets irksome. I don't get tired of hearing those things again. You know why we shouldn't ever get tired of those things? It'll keep us rejoicing in the Lord. You know, there's a verse, it's not here, Philippians 3, 1, Paul said this. He says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. For me, it is not irksome or troublesome, but for you, it is safe. Why are we safe? To hear all these things, it's very safe. It'll keep us in the enjoyment of Christ. I don't know. It's like playing baseball, right? You, you want to land on the on the base that keeps you safe. And that's why it's not. A small thing for us to hear these things over and over again. The blood. I got so much more. The spirit of reality. It's amazing. Don't you all realize Christ is in you? The trying God is in you. And um, anyway, so today on this last message, let's read the title and that verse underneath it. Let's read that verse again. The church, church which is. is Hallelujah. The church is his body. The fullness of the one who fills all in all. You know, just to consider, there are many aspects of the church. And one of those aspects is that the church is, in Greek, it means ecclesia, which is the call out ones. Uh, in those days, in in in, uh, in the secular realm, they used that word, the officials would use that word, meaning the people need to come out of their dwellings and come meet at a common spot. And that's the church. So the church is not a physical building with stained glass and a bell. The church is ecclesia. We have been born again of God. We're regenerated. So it's not just people, it's Believers who have been born of God. Okay, but now that here we're going to touch another aspect, which is more profound. The church is not just ecclesia. The church is a body of Christ. Amen. The enlargement of Christ. And um, let's move on and read Roman number 1 uh, and, and Ephesians 1, 9. We can alternate guys first and then the sisters on 3, 10, and 11. Go. The church... Known to us, which he purposed in himself. You know, here we need to underline in verse 10 where it says the church, and then underline through 11 according to the eternal purpose. The church is according to the eternal purpose. So the church is according to God's will in verse 9. And and God's will, which is the church, is according to his good pleasure. This verse in context that even before the foundation of of the world, he wants sonship. He wants a church. God, who is the most living person, wants a church. This is his eternal purpose. What does God want? The church. Amen. It's according to his eternal purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. What does God want? Let's can y'all say it? The church. Stronger. What does God want? The church. What does God want? The church. Are we clear? Yes. The church wants the, God wants a church. Yes. You know, when we ask the uh, you know people that we meet in the gospel, what is God's will? They always say, Will is me, me, me. I need to get th- do this for God or do this career. But praise the Lord, God's will is here in the Bible. It is the church. Hallelujah. Um, let's read Matthew altogether, 16, 16 through 18. And Simon Peter. These verses are in a context where the Lord asks, who do you say that I am? And Peter got this revelation from the Father. In in verse 17, it says that the whole verse is not here. He got revelation from the Father that he is what? The son of the living God. And what did the Lord do? Immediately, he revealed the church. He said, upon this rock, which is the revelation of Christ, I will build my church. You see, in Jesus, who is God, you can see already God's purpose. What does Christ want? The church. So firstly, here we see a principle that we need a revelation of Christ. Hallelujah. In this conference, I hope through all the different points, we will see this precious, all-inclusive Christ. He's too precious. And once we see Christ, He will reveal to us, The church, our hope is some, we will see more about the church. We need Christ to reveal more about the church. You know, when I was only, I don't know, six months in the church, I was going to help, just like what y'all did on Saturday, right? The points were distributed, then you came back and you share the message on the word. And uh, we were doing that for some other meeting a long time ago, not here, it was something else. And a brother said, let's do this to build the church. And within me, I was like, I did not spoke at anyway. I just thought in my heart, why do I need to care to build the church? I did not know what the church was. Why would I care? And, uh, and I was in the mode of, in the, in the church life, I just want to be fed by others. I want them to feed me Christ. I don't want to speak. I don't want to do anything. I just want to receive. And you know what touched me in my experience? It's safe to do that. Be who you are until the Lord changes you. Just keep enjoying Christ. Keep enjoying him. And eventually, we need a revelation of Christ, and he's the one, Jesus, who will reveal to us the church. And uh, let's move on here to 2. And, um, and maybe for the sake of time, we read number, number 2, and then we alternate uh, Colossians 2.2 2, and um, Ephesians 3, 4 through 6 through 9. Amen. The spirit, the of Christ. Of Christ. You know here we see we see in Colossians 2 2 2 we see what is the mystery of God what is the mystery of God Christ the mystery of God is Christ Colossians 2 9 says that all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily So the mystery of God is Christ and secondly we got we see here in verse 4 that also Christ is a mystery the mystery of God is Christ. And what is the mystery of Christ? The church. It says here in verse six, fellow heirs and fellow members of the body. So what's the mystery of Christ? The church. And then, um, you know, that's why Paul says in Ephesians five 2, this mystery is great. Hallelujah. This mystery is great. I speak with regard to Christ in the church. Very simple. That's why in our college conference, it's always about who? Christ in the church. Christ is the mystery of God. And the church, the organic body of Christ, is the mystery of Christ. And, and this is the reason why, as believers, we need to see this. A mystery is something that is revealed to us. It's like the mystery is hidden behind a curtain. And it needs to be revealed to us. Christ needs to come to appear to us. And uh, in verse 9, that's what Paul said, to enlighten all. I think this was a prayer, right? He's praying that they may see. We need to see what the economy of the mystery is. It's hidden. We need to see it. And how can we see it? Well, Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, 17 that we could receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And And then here in verse 5, it says that, yeah, this this thing was uh, not known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. Where? In spirit. Hallelujah. I hope even right now we could be in our spirit, not in our soul, turning to our mind, because this matter is in spirit. If we want to see more of the organic body of Christ, or even if you have heard it about it, we need to be in our spirit. Amen. That's where we can see this great mystery. Um, let's move on here to Romans number three, and um, just read the header and then the John twelve twenty-four. Go. You know, in the context of John. OK, so the church is the er- organism of the process drawing God, the enlargement of Christ. And here in John 12, 24, in the context says verse 23, Shall I like to read it. It says, and Jesus answered them, saying, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. OK, so when, the, when was he glorified? He went through death and resurrection. That's when he was glorified. And in 1 Peter 1, 3, you know, the verse is not here. It says that through his resurrection, we were regenerated. Hallelujah. Through his resurrection, the church was produced. So now here in 24, he continues by saying he's the grain who went through this marvelous process of of dying. And he did not remain in, in death. Praise the Lord. On the third day, he arose. And what happened when he arose? He bare much fruit. He bore. he produced the church and um, let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For even So here in this verse it's not speaking about the physical body of Jesus is using the body as an illustration, right? For the, for even as is one has many members, yet all the members be many or one body. Okay, you just using our body, the head, everything. Right, we're many members, but we're one body. Uh, and then he says here, so also is the Christ. Hallelujah! Christ is not just a head; he is a body. Isn't that amazing? He's not just a head; he's a hand, he's a finger, he's everything in the body. Hallelujah. He's not just an individual Christ. He's now the corporate Christ. He's our head and we're his body. Very clearly in Ephesians 1, 23. The fullness of the one who fills all in all. He's the one that fills all the members of this body. My head is filling all, everything here. It is just Christ. So this, this verse shows that he's a corporate Christ. And then here in Acts 9, 4 through 5, uh, let's read it together. So here we see an example of Paul that when he got, this is not just recording his conversion when he got regenerated, but he also saw this marvelous vision of the organic body of Christ. See, with us, we saw Christ in the church, but with Paul, both things were revealed at the same time. Right? When he said, who are you, Lord? I mean, for those that don't know, I mean, his name was Saul before and he was going to Damascus to bind all those who call on that ugly name. He was going there. And then the Lord had mercy on him, and he appeared to him. And then he, he called him, "Who are you, Lord?" And that's why that's how he got saved. That's why he's the one who teaches in Romans. No one can call whoever calls shall be saved. Okay. But then also Christ revealed here the orga- his organic body that now he's the enlarged Christ. Hallelujah! Now Christ is enlarged. You know, he says, Why are you he told Paul, why are you persecuting me? You know, Tom, can you mind come up here? In the past I've seen others would hit him, but I want him to hit my arm. Hit it a little bit harder. A little bit harder. <laughs> One more. <laughs> Is he just persecuting the arm? Thank you, brother. No more. It hurts a little bit. Is he? He's just beating my arm, right? He's not persecuting me. Is he doing that? He's persecuting me. And so when, when Paul Saul Tarsha thought, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just." Uh, beating uh, with this believers because of his religious zealousness for his religion. He thought he was dealing with this individual people. But the Lord told him, why are you persecuting me? It's like Paul thought, oh, I'm just, I'm just killing these believers, right, or uh, dealing with that problem of that cult. or what, I don't know what he thought they were. But when Christ said, why are you persecuting me? I'm sure Paul was thinking, man, I was persecuting the believers like this. And who was he hurting? Christ. You see, this is hurting me. He was persecuting Christ, the enlarged Christ. When we think about Christ, we need to think about his body. He's not just a head, he's a body. It's not a small thing for us to have the fellowship in the organic body of Christ. It's a serious matter. Hallelujah. It is in this body where Christ can be seen. Anyway, um, let's move on here on A. Um, So anyway, with Paul, this is why Paul is, is, I think, the only writer in the New Testament who speaks about the church as the organic body of Christ. He saw this vision and he ministered accordingly. Let's read A and uh, Colossians 3 4 all together. Life, elements, reality, and function. Christ, our life. Christ our life. So now we're going to see here what is the life, elements, reality, and function of the body. One of those things is that life of the body is Christ. So Colossians 3, 4, here we have our membership. Christ, our life. In the church life, we don't have a card that you turn in a card. Hey, I want to be a member here. What is our membership? Christ, our life. What does my body has right now? What does my body has? Life. If, he, if I didn't have life, where would I be? I'll be dead. Oops, I dropped this. (laughs) Um, My body has life. So we need to be believers, men and women, who are of life. Right? The body is not dead. Christ is our life. And um, otherwise, we become just merely a group of, of believers who have similar really, um, beliefs. And we end up being just an organization where we're more concerned about the outward things. But praise the Lord, he is our life. Amen. You know, the first time I heard that term, I was uh, way back when I was a student, my classmate, I kept telling her, what do y'all do? Well, we prophesy, well, we do this. And I would say, man, that's scary. You know, you speak. I don't want to do that. I like just to listen. And uh, eventually she told me, Victor, Christ is my life, and I'm happy, and I'm satisfied. It's like she didn't have to tell me, Victor, shut up. Once she said, Christ is my life, I just got shut up. That's, that was, like, quite radical. And, it, it, and anyway, it, 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 you know, the, the end result, I just began to pursue Christ. and. Amen. And got curious. Who is this Christ? If he's really my life, that means he can meet my every need. And um, okay, let's move on to the next point here uh, about elements. Let's read Colossians three ten through eleven. You know, here about the, the new man, uh, in Ephesians 2.15, and those verses, clearly it makes a link of the new man being the body, okay? So that's another aspect of the church. You know, the church is not just ecclesia, the, the body of Christ, but also the new man. And, and, and here, where we, the, regarding the elements, is that there are two elements in the church, in the new man. In the organic body, there's two elements. There's humanity and divinity. But it's not just humanity apart from God. Our humanity needs to be renewed, transformed. And here it says in 10, and I've put on the new man, which is being renewed. You can circle that word renewed. It's not just, uh, it's renewed humanity. So nothing of our old humanity, Is part of the church. So we want to build the church. We want to be for God's organic body. This gives us a reason why we need to be renewed. And, And how do we get renewed? In verse 23, let's read it together. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, it's in our spirit. How can we be renewed? It's in our spirit. We need to enjoy the Lord as the Word and as the Spirit of reality. And that Spirit will invade, invade our mind. If we find ourselves in our old mentality, what do we need? We need more of the Spirit to come and invade. Isn't that good? We have a way to be renewed. It's in our spirit. You know, the Lord's spirit indwells our spirit. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. It is in this spirit where we can be renewed. When I was a a new one, I remember coming to meetings. I realized, man, I feel pretty old. These people are living. I feel so old. Even growing up, I always felt old. I don't know. I had a taste of death, oldness. I couldn't even smile before. People would walk me. Strangers would see me on the road. I had one guy who said he even went like, oh, don't, don't beat me up. <laughs> or friends would see me and get to know me. And eventually, they told me, Victor, I, you, we, I, I was just afraid of you. <laughs> it's not like we didn't want to be friends with you. We wanted to be friends with you, but you kind of look a little bit scary. <laughs> but it was because I was not born of God. But when I got born of God, I got regenerated. Someone came inside of me. Hallelujah. This spirit of reality came inside of me. And he began to renew me. And even coming to the meetings, you know, going back to that topic, that point, I feel so old. So many times I'll go home and I'll tell the Lord, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Come into me. Take my hands. I give myself to you. Renew me. Change me. If if we're not there or we're we're not happy where we are, we can ask for it. Lord Jesus renew me. Transform me. And uh, so this is a great view. I, I, I pick up this view later on to realize if I want to build the church and be for the organic body of Christ, I need to be renewed. It's not just for my own edification. The more we're being renewed this weekend, I believe, to a certain degree we all got renewed a little bit. Amen. And that's what the church is. All that renewing happening this week, transformation happening this week, little by little, that's that is the church. It's not anyway, let's move on to a third point here about reality. Let's read John six alternate, John sixteen, thirteen and Ephesians two twenty two. You know, on this point here. Uh, so, what is the reality of the of the of the body? Is the spirit, right? Spirit of reality. And Ephesians 22 says, "Where is God's dwelling place? In spirit." So the church is not a physical building. So where is the church? In our spirit. Amen. That's where there is reality. Amen. And so. You know, this uh, principle here is that how real is the church to you depends on how much you are in spirit. Isn't that true? You know, even for Christ, for us to say, oh, Christ is not that real. Well, it's in spirit. Christ is real. The church is real. Sometimes, or I'm in a, or many times, I'm in the church meeting or some kind of gathering, and I feel like, man, this, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that happy being here. The church is not real. And that's when I, I always re- remember at this point, and I, 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 it causes me to turn. I don't go like, oh, man, I, I messed up again. I'm going to leave this church meeting, go home and read my Bible. No, I stay in my own chair, and I just start to meditate. And I start praying, Lord, forgive me. I turn away from my day. Forgive me for being occupied. or think, you know, It's normally something in my soul. But I'm setting my mind in my spirit. And then when I open my eyes, it's like, oh, well, yes, the Lord is, the church is real. And so it's not for us just to leave the meeting, but even in the midst of everybody, even many times when we're singing, I don't feel I'm touching reality. The problem is not the people around you. It's not the church. It's you. It's where you are. If you are in your spirit, you will get reality. If you're in your spirit, it's not about how well that brother speaks, etc. It's all about in spirit. Amen. If you're in spirit, the church will be pleasant. Amen. The church will be awesome. Amen. The church will be real. Amen. If we're not, then there's problems there, but it's not people around you. It's where we are at. We want to be in our spirit. Um, let's, let's read the last verses here on, on A, Ephesians 3:10, 19 through 21. All together. Go. You know, there's so much here, but regarding multifarious wisdom, you can circle that word. That's the function of the church is to exhibit this multifarious wisdom. Wisdom, right? It says uh, might be made known through the church, okay? But in order for there to be a, a mysterious, multifarious wisdom, there needs to be a, why? It's because there's a problem. And There was a problem in the universe, in the, in the, in the, in the, with humanity, in Genesis. What was our problem? Men failed in Genesis. And we were dead, right? That's a, that was a big problem. But in Ephesians 2, five, even though we were dead, who made us alive? Christ made us alive. Isn't that exciting? We're dead, but now we're alive. And that is being exhibited in the church. That's the function of the church, to exhibit this multifarious wisdom of God. You got Saul Tarsus, who was devastating the church. And then suddenly he got converted. He is preaching that this is a Christ. That's how the multifarious wisdom of God is being seen through the church. And one thing that touched me in this point is that this is not just once and for all. You know, yeah, there's that major problem. We're dead and we're alive. But individually, as believers, we go through many things. We go through financial hardships. Or as a student, you may get an F. Maybe some of you got an F last week. Or there's health problems. All kinds of things. But what are we going to do? Are we going to to quit? No. That is so that God's multifarious wisdom can be exhibited. As we're going through those sufferings, we're still enjoying Christ. We're still partaking of Christ. And the problem may still be there, but we're still enjoying Christ. And there are many believers in the church who are like that. And surely that is being seen in the church. And that's a function of the church here. Uh, and, and, that, and that's why here in 21 says, to him be the glory in the church. It's not like we can overcome all those problems in ourselves. It is in our spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's where we have this grace to overcome. And, and the, the Lord's wisdom can be exhibited in the church. Um, Let's move on to the next point. B, uh, read uh, that in First Corinthians three nine and Colossians two nineteen, all together. You know the church as the enlargement of Christ, the organic body of Christ, needs to grow. Um, And here in in 1 Corinthians 3, in the context of 9, it says, in verse 6, it says, I planted a pole's water, but God caused the growth. So God is causing the growth, and then it says here, you are God's good to be aligned. So this shows that the church as a body is God's farm to grow Christ right? And then Paul says, God's building. So uh, anyway, so this is God's building. Okay, we need to grow. But how do we grow? In Colossians 2.19 says, holding the head out from whom all the body, all the body needs to grow. What's the secret? It's holding the head. It's then all the bodies being richly supplied knit together grows with the growth of God. So how can we grow? We need to hold the head. In many ways, right? You know, when I was a, a new believer, I heard this from someone that doesn't meet with us. Or she said, "Oh, we're we're always growing by default." And I never debated with that person. Within me, I pondered, "What do you mean we're always growing? How can that be possible?" And if we're not holding the head, we're not growing. That's why every every day, 24-7, we need to be holding the head as much as we can. You know, that's why, you know, there's this point here that no one can represent you in this matter. No one can do it for you. I can't hold the head for you. We each individually or corporately, you can be as a group holding the head then out of holding him, and joy him, there's a growth. And so here it says that there's a growth with the growth of God. It's not like God himself needs to grow more. God is complete. He is perfect, but he needs to increase his element. He needs to grow in the church. You know, many times, you know it's been like three years or so that I've had a smartphone. And I know this is the age of the information age, right? Before this smartphone, I didn't care anything. I did not care about news. I didn't care what was going on in the world. But now I'm holding this thing all the time. Aren't we holding? Everybody has it. The brothers have it on their left pocket. And many times the Lord touched me. I'm here clicking here and there, reading Fox News here and there, and the Lord touched me. Victor, stop holding the phone. Hold me, I'm the head. Just stop it. You know, just stop holding that and and open up your Bible. And hold me. You know, the Word says in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes long for the godless milk of the Word in order that by it you may grow. So how can we grow? It's by holding the head, practically by being in His Word. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a problem Against smartphones, many times I don't go to this. Many time, I, I, I'm, I'm getting used. to it. I go to my, to my uh, you know, the, the Kindle app, where I have the, the recover, the my, my translation in there. And the Lord touched me. Stop, shut down that app. Shut down the Fox News app, and touch the app that has the Bible. Pretty cool, right? You can read your Bible in your smartphone, and that's how we can hold ahead. And out of that, we can grow. and uh, Let's read uh, um, Colossians 1:10 uh, and 1:18 all together. I think for a second of time, we can move on with the next. Uh, Those verses, yeah, let's read Ephesians 3.8, 16 through 17, 19. Go. You know, this verse, there's so much there, but just to focus, I guess you can underline in verse 16, it says, strengthen with power through his spirit into the inner man. How can Christ make his home grow in us? You see, it's, he doesn't just want to stay in our spirit as a spirit of reality, but he wants to spread into our heart, which is our soul life plus our conscience. How can he do this? We need strengthening with power, through His Spirit, into the inner man. God in Christ as a Spirit indwells my inner man, which is my human spirit. So how can Christ make His own? How? We need to be exercising, calling on the Lord, praying in spirit. You know, the Bible teaches not, not to pray just in your mind. It says, pray in spirit. We need to exercise our spirit to pray. And for this, we need strengthening. You know, recently I felt like, Lord, I need more strengthening. So I told the brother, hey, let's let's carpool to the prayer meeting so that we can exercise our spirit to let it rip. Amen. And he agreed with me, and his wife came along too. You know, y'all know him, Mike Van Dyson and Betty. And we prayed from his house all the way to the meeting hall. 20 minutes, whatever. I don't even remember. And then when we got to a prayer meeting, we kept praying for another hour. And by the time it was all done and I came home, I felt like, Lord, thank you. I have more Christ in my heart. If you want more Christ in your heart, we need to open our mouth to exercise our spirit. Amen. Amen. And let's read the last verses here, Ephesians 4, 8 and 12. Well, we can skip the other one. Just Ephesians four, eight, and
1: twelve.
0: Um, here in uh, in eight, he says he gave gifts to men. Okay. The verse is not here, but verse eleven it says that he gave some as apostles, as teachers, etc. So the gifts here are not gifts of power, or the gifts here are the mature believers that he gave to do what? Verse twelve is to perfect for the perfecting of the believers or saints. So that's why he so he gave us gifts in the in the church life. They are the mature ones they are those that are a little bit older than you who have had more experiences of Christ. They're there for, our, for us to be perfected. Isn't it marvelous? The Lord gave us mature ones to be perfected. And, and, and here in Acts 18.26, you have the example of, uh, you know, it's in the context of Apollos. Apollos? Apollos? Uh, and, and he was teaching, but he wasn't that accurate. He was kind of off. And here it says that Priscilla and Aquila heard him, and they took him to themselves. Probably they took him into their home. And it says here, and expounded, let's read it together, and expounded the way of God to him more accurately. Isn't that marvelous? They expounded to him the way of God more accurately. And so where do we find these mature believers? You know, it's not... A mystery, it is in their homes. We have many homes in the church where there are the many, you know, couples Priscilla, Acryla that, you know, recently I had a change in my home meeting. I I used to have one in my home and eventually it didn't work. And I move into uh, pick up students from campus and we go to two different homes that are like 20 minutes away from where I live. I didn't care about the distance. But in those homes, I bring the students, and the students ask questions. Okay, there was a sister who asked, okay, I want to go to Laredo. How do I know if this is what Christ wants me to do? And I share some in the car. She didn't really get the help much. And then there's a brother there, Justin, who finally he spoke, and it seemed like she got the most help. Praise the Lord. Yeah. In the homes, we, we can be blended with all ages, and there's a the mature saints to perfect us. And... Um, uh, let's move on to the next point. Roman number four, and uh, read A in Philippians 3, 7 through 9. You know, on the one hand, you know, we're the enlargement of Christ. The church is the organic body of Christ. We need life, right? We need renewing. We need growth. We need perfecting. And in this verse that we already read in Ephesians 4.12, what is that for? It's unto the building up of the body of Christ. And that's why in Romans 4, it says the experience of Christ for the building up the church as his one body. So all these experiences of taking Christ as our life, growing, being perfected by others, for what for what purpose? It's not just to edify us; it's to build the church. Amen. It's not to be somebody. We're all just living potatoes. we be like little. We're all just slaves of Christ. There's not really high titles for us. We're just slaves, and we just want to be a living member in the body of Christ. And all of this these experiences is, is to build the body. And and um, and here we have the example of uh, of Paul. OK, you know, in, in and he says by a strong pursuit to enjoy and experience the pneumatic Christ. What in me about Paul, the Apostle Paul, he didn't just see Christ. He didn't just see the mystery of God, which is Christ. Right. And the mystery of Christ, which is the church, but he became he had this strong pursuit. Just by reading the verse, very strong pursuit. I mean, he was a fanatic of Christ. That's all he cared. Even though, you know, he, he didn't just count his religious things as, as, as refuge. But he, he says here, he counted all things to be lost on the account of this excellent Christ. And then he says, and I count them as refuge." That means what? Garbage? That I may gain Christ. So that's what he sought to do. So, you know, with us in the the church life, it's not just a matter of seeing Christ. We don't want to just see Christ. We need to see Christ. We need to see Christ in the church. But we also need to experience Christ. To build the body. And to experience Christ is to taste the Lord. That's why in 1 Peter 2, 3 says, if you have tasted, let's read it together. So have y'all tasted that the Lord is good? I don't hear it all. Have y'all tasted this weekend that the Lord is good? We have tasted that the Lord is good. You know, it's like those advertisements, you know, on on my campus. uh, They got rid of Burger King. And there's this new place called, I can't even pronounce it, Muya Burger. Have y'all heard about Muya Burger? I guess... But when it came out, among the brothers, we were like, what's Muya Burger? You pay $3 more. I guess in my, in my reading random stuff, there's a, a research that people don't want Burger King anymore. They'd rather pay $3 more for a better burger. Anyway, that's not point. But we're wondering. It costs more. What is that? It's fr- it, they advertise fresh veggies and the patties done fresh. And then finally, one day, I got tired of looking at the sign, Munya Burger. I'll go there and have a Bible study. And then there's an advertisement, Munya Burger. And I thought, okay, fine. I went and paid the $7, got the burger, and I tasted the burger. And guess what? It was actually pretty good. <laughs> the meat was juicy. The bread was different. It was not the same old Burger King bread. And the veggies were crisp and fresh. So now I know when I see Munya Burger, I don't just see the vision. Oh, yeah, there's Munya Burger. But I've tasted that Munya Burgers are good. (laughs) So the same thing with the Lord Jesus. We don't want to just hear about him. But he is the spirit of reality who is in my spirit. But we want to taste Him. We want to taste Him in our spirit. And, um, you know, so how do we taste the Lord? And here, uh, in the context of this verse, 1 Peter 2, 3 says, Long for the godless milk of the word, in order that by it you may grow. So one of the ways for us to taste the Lord is to read the Bible. You know, when I was a new one, I, I met with two brothers and one suggested, hey, let's go around and read two verses audibly. And I thought to myself, I, didn't, I never did say anything. It was just in my heart. Man, that's weird. That's kind of funny. I don't know. I, I, I had a different background. I don't, I don't want to say it, but whatever. That doesn't matter. But, so I wasn't used to it. And so we would go read two verses around. We read the whole chapter. And then there were some comments here and there. And then we plan to meet again next week. And again, two verses around and meet again. And the more we did it eventually gave me a taste. That the Lord is good. And even in my own individual time, you know what? I can't read the Bible unless it's audibly. I don't know. I'm not saying that y'all should do that. But in my own experience, I just like to read the Bible audibly. Even sometimes my wife would tell me in the cafeterias before we had kids, both of us were serving, he can tell, she can tell from a distance my lips were moving. But you know what I was doing? I was tasting that the Lord is good. Amen. And one of the ways is to read the Word. Right, it's, it's even the context of how can we taste the Lord? It's the Word. You know, even when I was a new one, I used to like to go and listen to reggae. This is a long time ago, live band reggae with the Dreadlocks, beautiful. And 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 you know what? After reading the Word, tasting the Lord, that the Lord is good. One day, one Friday night, I was home alone, and he shocked me that I wasn't out there listening to a reggae band, and I was at home reading my Bible. I was having more fun, tasting that the Lord is good. Amen. and uh, So anyway, we, we want to taste the Lord. We need to read his word. Then uh, another way is to call on the name of the Lord. Let's read First Corinthians 12, 3 and 13. So, here, uh, one of the ways for us to taste the Lord is to call His name. So, the way we can drink of the one spirit is to say, Jesus is Lord. Let's all say, Oh Lord Jesus, I love you. Oh, Lord Jesus, Lord, I, love you. I love you. Now, also say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Again, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Where are you? I you. Are you in your soul? Let's say it again. Jesus is Lord. 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 Lord. Where are we? In spirit. We're tasting the Lord. You know, the Lord always reminds me of this verse in John 24 10. It's not here. It says, Does he take delight in the Almighty? Will he call upon God at all times? You know, the Lord reminds me this, when I'm not in my spirit, when I'm not experiencing him, the Lord comes and bothers me in a good way. Victor, will you delight in myself? You need to call on the name of the Lord. I've had the experience. doesn't matter how much I'm out of it. You call, we'll be in our spirit. And we'll be tasting this almighty God and taking delight in him. Um, and then let's read the rest of the verses. Um, Yo, efficient. You know, there's so many points here, how to taste the Lord. You know, we want to be filled in spirit in verse 18. We can taste the Lord by speaking, by singing. Uh, verse 20, giving thanks at all times. And verse 21, even being subject to one another. Uh, but the only one point that one of this I would like to speak of a little bit more is on singing. You know, it's, it's marvelous. I've never been to a meeting among us that we don't sing. And when I first started coming in, it really, you know, I was, it was not what I was used to. When I tried to sing to my, you know, growing up, my sisters would laugh at me. So I can't sing. You tried to teach me, I can't understand anything. My daughters take piano lessons, and they take the violin, and they try to explain it to me. I tell them I can't understand. Sorry. But why do we sing? It's because that's one of the ways to be filled in spirit. The worst, That's one of the ways to be filled. That's it. We sing. We need to read the Bible. We need to call. We need to pray. We also need to sing. And as a, as a student, not just incorporately, but you should even do it privately. When you're driving your car, you can sing. When you're home alone, you can sing. You know, when I was a student, I used to love to sing 1159 uh, number in the black hymn book. Like a broken record, I was sing it for an hour and a half. Over and over. Why? Because I was loving, I was loving it. You know, my daughter says, I'm, I'm loving you. I'm, I want to love on you. I was loving it because I was being filled in spirit. I just couldn't believe. I don't want others to hear me because they realize how bad I sing. But I've been filled in spirit. Amen. And, you know, this year, you know, my top song has been in the Young People's Meeting, 1,000. I, I memorized that with my daughters. They kept singing it, and I memorized it. It says, draw me near, Lord. Draw me away. And, and it goes so forth. And, you know, this year for me has been rough. And, and many times in my van, I'm driving, and my daughter's turn back, and one of them starts singing that song. And I was in distress, whatever. And she started singing that song, Draw Me, Dear Lord. Draw, I can't illustrate singing, so now you know why. Draw me, dear Lord. Draw me away from everything else, Lord. And then he says that the whole world is pressing me down, and there's conflict there, et cetera. But Lord, then the song says, I want to set my heart. I want to stay with you. Whether things go my way or things fall apart, as long as I gain you. And we just sing that song over and over like a broken record. And I get filled in spirit. So praise the Lord. We can taste the Lord through our singing. And um, let's uh, read um, B. Uh, Let's skip uh, Ephesians 4.22. Move on to B. Uh, Well. You know, before B, this matter about experiencing the Lord, tasting the Lord, it's not just an individual matter. You need companions. And, you know, with Paul, it impressed me this verse recently. Acts 13.13 is not here. Acts 13.13, it says Paul and his companions. You would think Paul is so strong himself. No. Yes, he is. But he also had companions. And then Second uh, Timothy four twenty two, but flee useful laws, and pursue righteousness. You know how can we pursue? You know we want to have this strong pursuit, right? And this verse shows that it's not just individuals; corporately. pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those, t h o a s e with those, who call on the Lord. So we want to taste the Lord, but it's not just individually. It's with our companions. Amen. It's not marvelous? All the testimonies here about the students bearing fruit and getting others. You can tell that we're just tasting. Those four brothers that have morning time with the Lord every day for 30 minutes, what are they doing? Why do they want to do it every day? I'm sure they want to do it every day because he gets addicted. They have tasted That the Lord is good. And they want to do it again and again. And um, anyway, let's move on to B. Uh, Read uh, the header and then all the verses for the sake of time. Go through. You know, in this section, uh, yeah, we need to experience Christ by pursuing Him. And also, we want to experience Him by being a functioning member of the body. And primarily, the way we function in these verses is to prophesy. And to prophesy doesn't merely mean to predict. It means to speak forth Christ, to speak Christ. And uh, on the one hand, we're receiving Him, we're enjoying Him, we're tasting Him. But it, 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 we wanna, it, it can't just stay in us. It needs to flow out. And primarily, how does it flow out? How do we build the church? It's through our opening our mouth and ministering a word of the Lord. Actually, this verse used to bother me so much when I was a student. You know, I, like, I like, like I said, I like to be quiet back then. Because here it says, how do we build the church directly? Verse 4, he who prophesies. Built up the church. And uh, so, on the one hand, we're enjoying him, but this needs to be flow out through our speaking. And when we speak, what happens? It builds up. In verse 3, it encourages people, it consoles men. And then also, we may learn. You know, when the y'all, quite a few young people were here speaking, I was so encouraged. I got so built up. Each one is important. We all have the capacity. Thirty-one, for you can all prophesy, one by one, and uh, and uh, anyway, and and so another point here is that you know we we want to speak. You know we want to enjoy the Lord and speak the Lord to others and speak the Lord in the church meetings, etc. But also, we want to preach the gospel. Right, the functioning is not just to minister Christ in a gathering like this. But the Lord wants us to come out of our circle and reach out. And, you know, that's why, you know, the, the verse, it's not here, John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I set you that you should go forth and bear fruit. So the Lord set us not just to enjoy the Lord, but he wants us to bear fruit. Uh, but anyway, you know, we, we need to pursue the Lord enjoy Him, but the second point here is that we need to be a functioning member of the body of Christ through our speaking. And uh, anyway, move on to uh, C. Uh, I think time is short. Um, let's read the, the header and the verses. on the one hand to experience Christ for building we need a strong pursuit we need to be a functioning member of the body of Christ not just to prophesy but to be related with a group right Uh, to gain people but you know the strategy of the enemy is to come and bring in the uh, divisiveness and so that's why this point we need to treasure the oneness of the body you know, my, all my body, all of our, of our members are all in one. And so we need to treasure the oneness of the body through the keeping of the oneness of the spirit. And, uh, you know, just to give you a diagram uh, of the what? The common faith, right? What are the things of the common faith? Uh, it's the Bible, right? It's the word of God, Right? Then you have the trying God, the three in one, right? The Trinity. We believe in that. And then on, 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 on Christ is God who became a man. Then all the marvelous things that the Lord did, all his work, his death and resurrection. Uh, he was buried uh, What the cross, buried, resurrected, enthronement. And, and he came inside our spirit. And what else? The Lord is coming back. All those things are our common faith. But what is outside our common faith would be doctrines. So you spell doctrines? You have practices. And then teachings. um and so regarding being diligent to keep the oneness of the spirit this is what we have the common faith this is what we believe praise the lord yes. we believe in the bible yes. trying god yes. christ is god yes. he died and resurrected we believe in our personal salvation the body of christ yes. but there's many things outside which are practices like calling on the lord is a practice Pray reading is a practice. Praying short prayers is a practice. You can pray meditating. There's so many different practices. What translations we have of our Bible. And so if we insist on on my particular practice or I resist someone else's practice, I cause a problem. And so in the Bible... Yes, we want to be related. We want to be tasting the Lord. And we want to do that in groups. But then there will be a, a, a times that we will like we'll be feeling like inside myself, oh well, why why aren't they praying short prayers? And as soon as I think that, in my experience, I lose the enjoyment of Christ. All those things are outside of the common faith. You know, I had an example of a guy who wanted to pray with me holding hands. I was like, man, that's weird. I can understand girls holding hands. But holding hands? And the Lord reminded me of this verse Victor, be diligent to keep the oneness of the Spirit. So within me, I kept holding hands. We pray, and as soon as we're done, I snap out. I'm done. And he too, he was doing it. I said, practice. And you know what? I enjoy the Lord. My experience of Christ did not die out. And so the enemy's strategy is as we're experiencing tasting him, speaking our enjoyment to others, being built up with others, the Lord, the enemy will come in. And it's, it's not, you know, it's not those that you don't know. See, most of y'all don't know me, so y'all think I'm an angel. But the ones that are with me may disagree with you. And... That's where the enemy tries in, to divide. And so we need to be careful not to insist, not to resist, but to keep enjoying Christ and keep the oneness. And in my experience, I can testify, I, I was fortunate to have patterns. When I was new, when I had students that were my companions, and I was really impressed by when I was young and I was St. Peter's, is that the young brothers were very careful to keep the oneness. The moment we start in the debating mode, we would just drop it. We'd just not speak about it. And uh, even calling on the Lord, you know, we, we had a culture. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I was so much excited about calling on the Lord that I would, you know, when someone would come to me and say, hey, Victor, I have a problem. I would say, brother, turn to your spirit. And I just start calling on the Lord in front of his face. Lord Jesus. And the more I did that, the more sad he looked. And then another, another, and my roommate, I remember he was eating his spaghetti. And, and out of the blue, I started insisting in my calling practice. And I started calling, Lord Jesus. And he was over there eating his spaghetti. And I could tell with his cheeks, when you get mad, you tense up. And he wasn't happy. Eventually, I learned from trial and error, yeah, maybe it's not good to insist it when it's not the right time. So praise the Lord. What we're pursuing is Christ. We're pursuing the trying God. We're pursuing his word. Regarding the outward practices, it doesn't matter. You know, I have an an experience when someone doesn't like my translation, I say, fine, let's read yours. You know, I I like the Kindle app. I'm not promoting it, but I I, I had bought several translations there. And so if they don't like my translation, actually with the devices, you can just go online and find their translation there. And uh, we, we're not for the translation. We're for Christ. We're, we're, we need to carry this burden, like it says, you're diligent to keep the oneness of the Spirit. The body's organic, so we need to keep the, be diligent to keep the oneness. And that will preserve our enjoyment of Christ and our pursuing Him and gaining Him. probably should stop now here.